Jamie. How you doing, Jamie? <laughs> I'm glad you're finally on the Birchwood Podcast. I'm pumped to be on the Birchwood Podcast. My favorite podcast locally. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm Jamie Splood, and you're listening to the Birchwood Podcast. Good afternoon, United Group. How may I direct your call? Electrical, please. Just a moment, please. Good afternoon, Eddie Group, John speaking. All right, John, do you have number four copper for a 100-unit service entrance? Uh, let me check here. Uh, yep, I have both in the stock. Could I? Um, it's Shane Ogden. I got a cash account there. Mm-hmm. I'm coming in. I want uh, 16 feet of black, number four copper. Yep. And I want eight feet of number four copper white. Okay. Yeah, I'll send it out to uh out to shipping area now. Do you want me to tag that anything, Shane? Um I'm just doing a panel swap, but I forget the customer's name. So just call it stock van phone Stock? Yep. Okay, cool. Thanks a lot. All right. Not a problem. See ya. Right. Bye. Bye. Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, I'm supposed to do a, a whole home generator. and uh, Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so anyway, uh, so I'm going to be tied up for three days doing the generator. So So what about the 31st? That's what I have next available. The 31st? Yep. Um, I have to check with work. Um, I'll okay. have to call. I'll have to call you guys back. Unfortunately, the office is closed right now because they may have to be scheduled for something else. Speaking. Hi, Shane. It's Angela calling from Manby Power. How are you? Hi, Angela. How are you? (laughs) Good. Oh, you got that sound of dread in your voice. You know why I'm calling, right? To cancel your appointment for tomorrow. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. That's not so bad at all, actually. Well, the thing is, we're dealing with a lot of outages in the area, and uh, there's just no way we're going to be able to keep that appointment. Yeah, we're going to have to push that way down the line, unfortunately, because I got another job on Monday. Oh, absolutely. So what I'm looking at here, Shane, is uh-huh. the 31st for 9.30, and I'll tentatively book you for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I'll do is I'll touch base with you tomorrow morning. Yeah. And once you get to work, just to see if that works for you. All right, perfect. Yep. So I'll call you within that time frame and and uh, have a look at your calendar, see if you have anything booked or not. A hundred percent, and that will free me up to uh, to do another job that I, I had on the back burner anyway. So it's all good. Perfect. Thank you for everything. All right, Shane. Have a good evening. You too. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Oh, I'm good. I know it's not, and it's with your control. Uh, that's fine. Well, yeah. I appreciate it. That, that, that's a hun- is that a hundred or a two hundred amp panel? Oh, one one hundred uh, amp. Yeah, and it's got enough capacity to do everything here, plus a couple of spares. Yes, that- exactly. I I picked up a lot of breakers. I even have more breakers than that in my van, and right. I have some space savers if we run into that. But I counted. And uh, you've got way less than thirty circuits there, so it, it that that panel will hold thirty circuits, and with space savers, it'll hold a maximum of sixty. 
So we've got lots of space in that panel yeah. for you. Oh, I, I, I know. That's fine. I know I don't have anywhere near 30. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Okay, Shane, okay. just keep in touch. All I right. Will. Thank I you. will. I will. get Angie to call me if, uh, if you get a, a new schedule sorted out with MB Power. I will do. Thank you. Okay, no problem. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 Help you. Hi, Shane. It's Rob Lang here. I just picked up your message there. Uh... Sorry, and Angie calls you Robert, but you're Robin, right? I go by both names, so the both right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so yeah, NB Power called unexpectedly and canceled, so I can't switch your yeah. panel out. Without... Sorry, go ahead. I had a, I had an inclination with this uh, the windy weather. They've got a lot of power outages, and I thought, uh, I wonder if that's. Yeah, kind of but throws a wrench in our plans. Yeah, um, so I that's did, what they're up to. That's why they're. Yeah, there. I left the material there today. I saw um, it. I saw it all there. I saw you were in. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it sh- everything should go smooth when uh, they reschedule. Now they po- they told me that the earliest yeah. they could reschedule is for the thirty first. Hey bud. Um. So Jay, just give me a call. Yeah, I think we're gonna, we're gonna pull the plug. So let's just aim to be back there by one fifteen, um, and we'll clean up our shit and we'll finish like closing in that other run, and uh, maybe whatever you want to do in electrically inside, get that neatened up, and then we'll pull the plug. Okay, but basically, I I can work longer if I want to, right? If you if you wanted to, yeah, that's not a problem. I was I really wanted to see if I could get that disconnect today, but. Um, you and if you want to, man, that's fine. I just, I didn't. He doesn't want to make us work out in the rain any longer because it's kind of fucking. Our our, our boss is kind of a nice guy, is like really. He, yeah, he has a heart, man, for sure. <laughs> I don't know why I keep thinking like I. Every boss I've had before him has just been a monster. So it's like I'm not used no, to it. I don't trust it. He's he's pretty salt of the earth, man. Like we, <laughs> I fucking I swear I swear by him. I'm not going anywhere. So. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to see, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do what I feel like doing. I, I got to pick up some stab lock breakers. I can get those at Kent's and um, yeah. I might tie them in and I'm going to leave them yeah. off. You know what I mean? And um, uh, I'll label totally them fine, and yeah. Okay. I'm just uh, saying uh, aim, I'm aiming to be there for 115. I'm taking an extra long lunch because fuck this. And then uh, we'll fucking do what we can and we'll bounce whenever. Beautiful. Like Sounds good All to right, me, man. man. Okay. Thanks. I'll see you, you sure. Okay. No worries. Bye bye. Stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch And try to come to life Jump in the shower And the blood starts pumping Out on the streets The traffic starts jumping With folks like me On the job from nine to five Working nine to five What a way to make a living Barely getting by It's all taking and no giving They just use your Won't seem to let me 
just to watch him shatter You're just a step on the boss man's ladder But you got dreams he'll never take away You're in the same boat with a lot of your friends Waiting for the day your ship will come in And the tide's gonna turn and it's all gonna roll your way Working nine to five Come see me live at the Imperial Theater. I'll be opening for James Mullinger March 14th, 2020 in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. Also, if you like, you can give my Facebook page a like. That's Shane Ogden Comedian on Facebook, Comedian Shane Ogden on Instagram, or at Funny Shane Ogden on Twitter. Thank you for supporting my stand-up comedy. Also, thank you for supporting the podcast. We're Birchwood Podcast. On Facebook, you can also email the show birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. I'd be happy to read your email on the show. Also, if you're in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada, tonight and tomorrow night, that's October 18th and 19th at 8 p.m. in the Parkway Mall, St. John, New Brunswick, Canada, uh, there's going to be great shows happening this weekend. That's tonight and tomorrow night at Chuckles Comedy Club in the Parkway Mall. And for more information, visit chucklescomedyclub.ca. And now, on with the show. Thank you for listening to the Birchwood Podcast. It's Friday, October 18th. Hi. How's it going? I'm glad you're here. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for stopping by the Birchwood Podcast. Hey, check out our Facebook page, Birchwood Podcast, and email the show at birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. And what what else can I tell you? This is the life of Shane Ogden in real time. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened before, welcome. I am a father, husband, electrician, comedian, show producer, buyer and seller, and a 43-year-old dude in the east coast of Canada. How are you? That's right. Uh, this is being recorded in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. Or near there. That's the biggest town nearest to me. Actually, this is being recorded in Grand Bay, Westfield. So that's a little history for you. This is my life in real time. And uh, for those of you who have been listening, I have something to tell you about. There was something a while back about a lady named Hortense. That was her birth name. Hard to believe. But that, that is who she was. 
Her name was Hortense. And uh, she said that she had her name legally changed. Geez, I wonder why. That was probably a smart move. Uh, because I don't think anybody could handle that much bullying. Uh, so she changed it to 10C. You know, if you could change it to anything, why wouldn't you change it to, like, Margaret or something? You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, I have been trying to stop eating terribly as I put something in the fridge. I have been trying <clears throat> to, to curb my fast food habit been trying to pack a lunch a little more often, and, and, and I'm horribly failing. Uh, they have something called uh, Mary Brown's, which is a chicken chain. And uh, it's originally from Newfoundland. Uh, if you're wondering about the history, you're probably not. But anyway, uh, yeah, I just love their chicken sandwich, man. It's so good. It's called the Big Mary. And I don't know, but every Monday is Big Mary Monday. And oh by God, did I ever have a hard time saying no to it this Monday. <laughs> it was hard. But I did. I didn't get it. And, and, and oh, you don't understand. And this is where I start, start talking like a fat person, which is why I believe I may become a fat person. And no offense to fat people. I, I just don't want to become a fat person. It's just a personal thing for me. Uh... But those those chicken sandwiches are so good. First of all, let me tell you, it's a big, plump, juicy chicken breast, deep fried, and it's it's got it's got like it's kind of stringy, but it's also juicy, but it's thick and, and and meaty, and then the buns are always fresh and soft, and then they jam a pickle right on top of it with a toothpick. And I'm telling you, it is the best chicken sandwich on the planet Earth. And, uh, yeah, so that's why. And, and then on Monday, every fucking Monday, it goes on sale. So what am I supposed to do? Uh, my mouth is watering. Just talking about it right now. So I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to stay away from that. Yeah, so the, the Hortense 10C thing, uh, that was just in reference to uh, something that I tried to say a few podcasts ago, and I couldn't remember, and I started to spit it out. And I always do this. I always say things without researching them or remembering what I'm supposed to be saying. And then my good friend Chris Hovey, shout out to Chris Hovey, uh, told me that uh, her name was Hortense, and 10C is the name she changed it to. Uh, unusual choice, but uh, we all make choices. We all make choices. It's all about choices. I'm trying to choose not to eat that chicken sandwich. Anyway, um, today is Friday, October 18th. I hope you're going to have a good weekend. Uh, that's what I wish for you. Today, uh, I'm, this is being recorded Thursday, and it's very late. It's always late on Thursday. I'm, I'm like the kid on the bus doing his homework. This isn't how it should be, but it's how it is, and I push through. Today went kind of sideways on me. Um, you know, I'm an electrician, and I was drilling some holes, and I had to fill those holes with some spray foam, and uh, the spray foam kind of exploded on me. I mean, you, you twist on this kind of spray gun thing, and uh, I guess I don't know how to do it. I guess I haven't done it that... I, I don't know if I've ever done it. 
uh, it, it just always the, the the gun was always on the spray foam, so I twisted it on there. It's called great stuff, and uh, yeah, boy, is it ever because it's all over my hand, and I can't get the shit off. And and chuckles is tomorrow night, and I'm, I gotta shake customers' hands. I don't think I'm gonna be able to do it. <laughs> I've got this orange, fucking crusty hand. <laughs> ah, what a day! All right, so. This past weekend was uh, Thanksgiving. I hope you had a nice uh, meal with your family uh, or friends, someone close to you. I hope you felt loved and uh, and I hope that you reflected on positive uh, feelings and comfort in your friends and family. That's what I wish for you. Uh, and I certainly had it jam-packed with that stuff. I played board games. I, I visited my sister and uh, me and Lishi and her husband Daryl and, and Ella, my daughter Ella, um, we all played uh, board games. And um, they're new board games. It's very exciting. One is uh, Jumanji, based on the movie Jumanji. And it's kind of cute. You, 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 you know, dig out a card and, and you read the card. And it's like fire ants from space are coming after you. And it says a little poem like, they're going to bite you, not to smite you, run away you know, right away, I, I don't know, anyway, I, I, they're better at rhyming than I am, but the Jumanji board game is fun, you, you got a roll, uh, you, you get a card, it tells you how much trouble you're in, and the other players have these weird six or eight sided triangle dice with different items on them that can save you, so if everybody gets the item, say it's, say you need a rope to be saved, then if all of the other players roll rope, then you're saved. And if not, uh, well, it's bad. You, you've seen the movie. Things can go wrong in, in J Jumanji. Um, yeah, and then we had some uh, turkey at uh, Alicia's stepfather's house. And, and, and boy, Alicia has a big family. And, and, and her sister uh, was down from Calgary with her new baby. And so Alicia got to hold the baby. And, uh, of course, Alicia doesn't have a baby of her own. So, you know, she's getting, I think she's getting baby fever. But I, I told her, I said, you know, I'm kind of kind of done with having my kids. But if, if, if she pushes the issue, I would have a kid with Alicia. I would. And yeah, I like kids. What the hell? I've got two. I, I I'm not I don't feel like being 53 when my kid is 10, but I, uh, you know, what else is my sperm for but making dreams come true? God, that's a weird fucking thing to say. <laughs> that was a really strange sentence. Anyway, um, so she got to hold the baby. I held the baby. We smelled the baby's head. It had that new baby smell. We should probably hang it up under our mirror in our car. That would be great. That They should make that. Uh, baby head smell air fresheners. Oh, damn it. Did I give away my 10th $10 million idea? Oh, well. Anyway, uh, so we, we smelled the baby. We, we And, you know, Alicia got to see her sister from out west and also her brother from out west so lots of people coming home for the holidays and uh what a great weekend man we and then to cap it all off alicia and i took a drive 
on the Kingston Peninsula, which is a beautiful location in New Brunswick, Canada. And uh, the leaves were changing color, and uh, we were driving along the river, and uh, we passed an apple orchard. And what else did we do? We had some nice coffee. We had some nice conversation. And you know, when you got a woman, or, or a man, or a woman, man-woman, or whatever you got, your partner, right? You got your partner there, and uh, you have a conversation with them. You go, oh yeah, this is a person. It's it's not just a person that I have sexual intercourse with. This is an actual person, and I enjoy this person. That's uh, that's always a bonus when you like the person you're fucking, right? <laughs> I could have said that nicer, but it wouldn't have been funny. All right. So uh, yeah, man, I I'm trying to stay away from fast food, and I'm trying to stay away from weed. Oh my God, I can't help it. Man, I was on a kick there for about two solid weeks and every goddamn night I was eating gummies or smoking weed or, you know, like, and I was trying different kinds. I had a, a, a sativa called Bruce Banner and I had an indica called, uh, oh God, it was like a citrus and I always forget this and I think I've even said this on the podcast before. Anyway, it was, you know, all good stuff. And uh, just, you know, just takes you right out of your mind. Well, I, I got to reel myself in. I got I to gotta know that I can be sober. So I've decided to take the month of October off, uh, kind of inspired by the comedians uh, Tom Segura and, uh, and his pals. And they're, they're all just, you know, taking the month of October off. And I think that's a good idea, man. Just figure out if you can be sober for a month. Then you know you're in control, right? I love it too much. Like, I got, uh, you know, I didn't smoke it when the kids were around, but like, yeah, you know, as soon as they left, I went right to the sock drawer. Is that where you keep your pot? In the sock drawer? Man, it becomes less and less about socks over time. It becomes more and more about weed, man. And I just felt like the next morning, I, I, you know, I'm groggy. And I feel useless and dumb. And I, and I just, I don't know. I think there's a downside to pot that uh, people are conveniently ignoring right now. Because it's so much fun, man. Yeah, I get the, you know, that's that's the ride, isn't it? You know, the high is just so relaxing and fun and food tastes better and time and responsibility just don't seem to matter. Which is actually true, you know. I mean, really. Do, do things really matter? Yeah, okay, yeah. Filling up the, the car with gas, it probably matters. Uh, you know, raising your kid, that's probably important. Uh, bathing, why not bathe, right? That's that's something you should do. But barring that, I really feel like stuff doesn't matter that much. But weed, oh, that's like pouring gas on that fire. I don't know. I, I, th- I think I'm somewhat addicted to it. I think about it a lot. And I really shouldn't be putting my energy... 
in, in a drug. I mean, that's what people forget, right? Like, I'm not anti-anything, right? I'm just saying, I think there's a downside to pot smoking. And, you know, pot, no matter how you slice it up, you can say, oh, the CBD uh, cures cancer or the hemp makes rope. Yeah, well, the THC makes your brain a pile of fucking mush. And that's just the reality, you know? Is that good or bad? Hey, I'm not going to judge, but I'm going to say this. For me, I don't want to be... <laughs> I only want to be that way sometimes, you know? Because sometimes it is good to turn off your brain, have a little brain vacation. But I got to know that I can stay sober uh, for a little while, you know? Like, you wake up on a Tuesday... And you're all fucked up. And you're like, oh, I smoked too much weed last night. Like, come on. Next thing you know, you'll be fucking sucking dick in an alley. Right? It's a slippery slope. Unless you like sucking dick. And you don't mind public displays of affection. Well, then sucking dick in an alley is just fine. <laughs> uh, trying to stay sober. Trying to stay not fat. And, uh, yeah, wow, turkey, I'll make an exception for. So I had a great Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you did, too. I uh, have got a lot of time to fill and not much to say. I've been uh, just going nuts at work, as you heard. I don't know, 9 to 5, what a way to make a living. Right, Dolly? Okay. So that's that. Um tired very tired but uh but i'm excited for this weekend as i mentioned in the announcements uh andrew albert's going to be headlining the show and i hope to have him uh, on he said he's agreed to do the podcast so um and also walter ling who i've never had any interaction with um although i said somewhere maybe in some other announcement or a facebook video or something that uh, he hadn't been to Chuckles before, but actually he has uh, been to St. John before because uh, he was part of the duo that did Rad Dads, which was uh, you know him and another guy and the the the, the comedic stylings of uh, of these two guys that are are dads, I guess are uh, got some theme going. That's always good to sell a show. Um, and that's what we do with the best in New Brunswick comedy tour. Like, you know, we try and package a product that, uh, that people will buy because, you know, you put, uh, a comedian's name on the poster. It doesn't mean a whole lot, but you put the best in New Brunswick and people are like, oh, it's a thing. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Marketing's weird. And, uh, that's why it was, uh, really interesting to talk to this week's guest because, uh, she is a professional marketer. That's her job. Uh, so she's all over the radio. She's doing um, social media ads and uh, all kinds of stuff. She's live on location and, uh, you know, she's uh, putting up balloons and uh, recording ads uh, like on the television. It's crazy. Uh, and, and it's interesting because um, she's one half of uh, the Splood power couple. Uh, now, you remember my friend Mark Splood who uh, recently retired from comedy and he is uh, taking on his new adventures in, in, uh, in the regular world, stepping back from the spotlight. Uh, 
and his wife, uh, equally as hilarious and talented and successful. And the Splutes, um, they really are one of those couples I admire. You know, they they both uh, personally and professionally are just outstanding people. So it was interesting to talk to Jamie because, well, she has a lot of insight on marketing, uh, but also has a flair for journalism. And her series, Finding Kim O'Mero, is uh, heart-wrenching and, and fascinating and suspenseful and all of those things. So check it out. Uh, I've linked her um, information on her uh, YouTube series and podcast series, Finding Kim O'Mero. Uh, you got to check it out. But first... Check out my interview with my very good friend, Jamie Splute. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I wanted to be a journalist and it didn't, it just, at the time, female journalists were a joke. So I thought, you know what, I'm not doing that. I don't want to be at Kitty's Cat World and eating the biggest pizza ever made. Yeah. So frig it. So I switched, I, and, and I only did marketing because I saw that that void where, you know, computers were brand new and real estate agents didn't know how to use them and they didn't know how to maximize them for brochures and pictures and stuff like that. And I kind of faked it till I made it. I just kept going and it became a really successful thing. So it worked out for me anyways. It's really great to hear you on the radio. I love, uh, you know, you and uh, the other guy that works with you and you're always tormenting him and it's, it's a a wonderful uh, back and forth and it's always fun. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, a lot of advertising is kind of boring and cliche and, and those, those ads that you do really pop out and get people's attention. So I think that's, uh, I think you've chosen the right line of work. Well, thanks Shane Ogden. I just, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy what I'm doing now. It's, you know, it is what it is. I play an idiot and, you know, from nine to five, which is all right, I guess. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing is, is people will come up to me when they see my jacket because I wear a company jacket. And they'll say, is that Jamie girl from the commercials real? Like, does she really work for you? And I always say yes. And either they say, oh, my God, her voice goes right through me. I hate those commercials. I change stations. Or they'll say that they really like it. But then they'll say, I feel so bad for her because that other guy's already always picking on her. And I think to myself, <laughs> I, I write the ads. Like, I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, the, the guy is just there and he'll do whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he just does whatever I write. Like, he's just yeah. reading from the script. But I had one girl in Sobeys one day. Her husband knew exactly who I was, and she didn't. And she went on and on and on about how much she hated my voice and how it goes right through her. And um, and how every all the girls at work, soon as they hear that Jamie girl come on, they go, oh, my God, Jamie. And they turn it off. And so her husband's chuckling behind her because he's letting her embarrass the shite out of herself. And uh, I said, well, you know what, though? You're talking about them, so it's doing its job. Because I said, if you if you talk about my commercials once a month, chances are you're going to come in and buy a car from us. That's just statistics. That's just wow. statistics. Yeah, and she said, she, she said, yeah, but can you fire that Jamie girl? And so finally I said to her, well, I'd have to fire myself if that was the case. <laughs> and she she just looked blank and she goes, Oh, you know what though? They do work. You're right. You're right. And she just backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. But I, I just I laugh think, my head off. She's- I think more people enjoy them than not. And, uh, you know, being a polarizing figure is often not a bad thing. I hear the same thing about people like Jim Carrey, you know, all the great, uh, entertainers sort of thing. They're, you know, kind of, uh, 
polarizing. People either love them or hate them, and there doesn't seem to be much in between. So I, I, right. I, I think that's a good thing. I, yeah, and you know what? There's no media. People just No one ever says, ah, I don't mind those ads. It's always I love them or I hate them. You know what? It's but it's like if you've put yourself out there in a way. Maybe not, maybe not you're you're not bearing your soul, but like you're you're putting yourself out there, and and people don't really do that. So they'd rather you know just kind of stay the path and not not say too much and you know that sort of thing. But uh, people like you and I, we really put ourselves out there, and and people take notice. They, I think they, I think you're exactly right. I mean, when you are delivering, com- when you were delivering comedy tickets to people's front door, that was unheard of. And I used to think, oh my God, poor Shane, man, he's out there delivering tickets door to door. But you've got such a magnetic personality. You make people want to come to every show. I think you should be on stage every time. I always think you should save the money and be the host because you're so friggin' funny and you're magnetic. So people are drawn to you. So they want to come back and see themselves from Shaniac. You know what I mean? Well, I think you're right. And I think uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, I, when I, you know, how can I say it? The last few years I've kind of gone through a few different versions of myself and I've kind of said, you know, like, Oh, you know, I I better just be humble and, and not uh, perform too much and, you know, uh, try to be showboaty and all of those things. But, you know, just kind of admitting to myself lately that, Hey, maybe I'm okay. You know, maybe, maybe it is okay to put myself out there a little bit. So, you know, the hardest thing in life to do is to admit you're great at something. It really is because nobody, you know, no sane person, people who need therapy walk around thinking they're fantastic when they're not, but the, yeah. the, the regular person doesn't. And so for you to question, you know, maybe I shouldn't perform, maybe I shouldn't be showboaty, that's wrong. You're so wrong. Everybody yeah. wants to see more of you, but it's hard for you to see that they truly do enjoy you and they truly do want to see you. But I mean, I'm not the only person to say that you should host every show, I'm sure. Um, and I've and I've had people at your shows tell me that they wish you were on stage every time. Um, but it's hard to go, you know what? I'm fucking great at comedy. You know that? And I'm just going to go and do some comedy and I'm going to fucking make everybody laugh because everybody digs my comedy. That's a hard thing to say out loud. When I was young, young, I did feel very entitled and very, you know, more, more than I should have. And then as as I, oh yeah, I was like, I, I used to slick back my hair and, you know, put on funny shirts and think that I was amazing. And, and then over time, I think, um, you know, whether it was just interacting with people or not quite achieving, you know, what I thought I should be. Like when I was nineteen twenty, I wanted to be the next cast member of Saturday Night Live. And uh, now that I'm 43, I just want to be able to sleep in a little bit. Those are my goals now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, ch- it, changes, it changes drastically. It's like, oh, if I could just have Saturday morning to do whatever yeah. I want within my parameters, <laughs> like maybe I yeah. could go to Costco, you know, without the kids or something, have a little mini vacation or, you know, those kind of things. Like your, your goals do change as you get older. Um, and we're about the same age. I think I'm, I'm 40. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're 40, right? You're 39, 28. I'm wow. something. <laughs> well, we're around this, the same era, right? Yeah. Same era. Yeah. So, so when the decades go by, you go, geez, you know, what, what am I going to be? You know, am I going to be someone who puts themselves out there? Am I not going to work? So I think age has something to do with it too. Like the, the older I get, the, the less I really care what people think. Do you, do you feel that way too? 
Oh my gosh, absolutely. The Jamie that that is from Ontario is a completely different person than the Jamie from here. When I turned 35, it was like all of a sudden I woke up and thought, I just don't give a shit. I don't. I've always been silly and goofy and, you know, you know, cart races in the grocery store, that kind of person. But I just thought, I don't care what people think. I'm just going to go for it every time, everything, any opportunity that comes my way. I'm going to take it, whether I want to do it or not. Life's about experience at this point because, you know, we're on the downhill slide. So we got to soak up as much life as we possibly can. So I don't care what it is. I'm in for it. Whatever it is, I'm in. But when I was in my 30s, I was, you know, I'm Jamie Splude and I'm very professional. And no, I don't say swear words. And you know what I mean? And no, you would never catch me on a YouTube video or posting an ugly picture of myself. And and it's funny because after my 35th birthday, the day after my 35th birthday, there was a girl in Romania who took a picture of herself holding a billboard of herself and she was naked. And the billboard was speaking out about, um, it said in the billboard, you know, this is how I was found. She had no clothes on. She said, this is how I was found in whatever park. But because it was a a man of stature that had done it to her, the, the sentence was, you know, six weeks or something like that. And she had put this billboard. I thought, oh, my God, I would never be one of those girls that you know, me too. I would never be one of those girls, but you know what? I thought good for her. Cause she's doing something that I would ne I would never do that. Never in a million years. So I took all my clothes off and I, um, got Google translate to translate into Romanian to say, I'm with you. This, you know, I don't share your story. However, I'll stand behind you for your bravery for coming out like this. And I put it in Romanian and um, I drew it onto a board and I took a picture and I tweeted it at her. And I started a little revolution where other women started doing that for her. And um, it, it, I didn't follow it past the case had been reopened, um, yeah. but I didn't follow it past that. But I thought, oh, my God, I went naked on, with a billboard on friggin Twitter. Like, what am I doing? And then I thought, you know what? I don't care. I don't care anymore. It's Just what whatever. I wanted to do. Yeah, I wanted to stand behind her because she was doing something that I wouldn't do. And I was, I, I always think when, like, same with MMA fighting, I'm in awe of that because I would never do it. Right. So I think that, you know, there's, I, I'm up for anything, but I have boundaries like everybody else. So I think that I've got to support the people that are doing the shit, like politicians. I would never want to do that. So I'm going to rah, rah, rah the people that do because someone's got to, someone's got to do it. Right. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't do it, but you might support certain things, but you're, yeah. you're not hiding as much of yourself as, as when you were young. Not, no, not at all. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm out there. I was in a TV commercial a couple of weeks ago and I was making a complete ass of myself in this TV commercial and people were stopping me going, that was a really funny commercial, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know. Like, did you really get fired? I'm like, no, dude, it was a fucking commercial. Like, come on. Um, but the commercial was about me getting fired and I'm holding on to my boss's leg as he's dragging me off the dealership property, trying to fire me saying that they don't need marketing because these cars sell themselves. Oh, it's the basis of the commercial. That's brilliant. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. Wow. So the whole commercial I'm talking while I'm sliding across the parking lot, holding on to holding on to my boss's foot. And um, it's a funny commercial, but I would never have done that 35 and under. I would have been like, no, thank you. I'm not embarrassing myself on television. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> like no, no interest, no That's interest. It, and you know, kudos to those who do, but yeah, I love that idea. Wow. What a great concept. Thanks. So, yeah, I mean, you, you do have like a creative, funny mind. And even though you're not a comedian, you have done comedy. 
I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, I did it because I was drunk once. Yeah. So you <clears throat> take me back. You you did some kind of a comedy contest. Right. So when I decided that I wasn't going to say no to opportunity, the very next thing I heard on the radio was that Yuck Yucks was having a comedy contest in the in the city that I'm from in, in Ontario. And they said that the winner went on tour on a Canadian tour with Yuck Yucks and got this money and this sponsorship from Coors and whatever else. And um, so I said to Mark, let's go watch. So we went and we were watching and I got a little saucy and, saw, and I said, and Mark said, what happened is you saying no to any opportunity because they needed seven comics to make it a contest and no one was brave enough to get up and do it. And so Mark, so they were asking people in the audience, like we need one more per- just one more person makes us a contest, come up here and bomb. It doesn't matter. Just support the people that are, you know, willing to do this contest. So I went, you know what? Screw it. And up I got, and I did it. And I won the frigging contest, Shane. Oh my God. That's so amazing. ridiculous. So, so ridiculous. So, uh, okay. So before I ask you then the next time you did, stand up or got on stage in in a comedy way um what happened because most people get up and you and you won the contest so obviously you made people laugh why didn't you catch the same disease that i caught which is oh my god i need their approval forever because you didn't catch that no i didn't and it's because i'm 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 my husband is the same as you um and i'm i'm a one and done i'll try anything once i didn't enjoy it I got up there. I had to wear sunglasses because I didn't want anyone to look directly in my eyes. Yeah. So I, I thought if I put sunglasses on and I had, you know, I was young and hot and I had these cute little hot sunglasses. So I thought I'll, I'll get up there with these sunglasses on that way. Nobody knows where I'm looking. So if I'm trying to think and look up or whatever, I don't No one's going to see my eyes. And I just got up there and made fun of myself basically. Wow. And, um, and, and I, and I won. Unbelievable. No, I didn't go on the tour or anything. I actually, I said to the yuck, there was a yuck yucks representative there with a big pile of paperwork. And I said, I don't, I don't want this. I'll take the wow. second place prize. Give this, give the first place prize to the second place guy who actually wants it. I don't want it. I just did it. I'm over it. I don't want to ever do it again. Did you follow that guy? Did you see if he kept going? Yeah, he was actually in St. John with yuck yucks. Two years ago, at the time he was way funnier. Now he's—I'm no offense to this guy, but I didn't find him funny this time around. I was pumped to see him. Oh no! Um, I was so pumped. He went by White Cheddar at the time. Uh, I don't think he goes by that anymore. But he went by White Cheddar at the time, and he was hilarious. And so Mark and I couldn't wait to go watch this guy, and you know, shake his hand and go, "Hey, I'm the chick that you know that I'm was the, there that night or whatever." You were there for that because I do know who you're talking about. I um. I think his name's Sam, isn't it? Yes, it is Sam. Yes, you're right. Yeah. 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 And and the thing is, like, um, he did very well. And I think he's doing something else now in addition to comedy. Like, I think he's doing comedy still, but he's doing something else. And it's something to do with marketing. I'm not really sure. Something to do oh, with okay. sports marketing, which I don't understand the world of sports. No, um, me neither. Okay, that's another thing to know about Jamie Spood. Doesn't know yeah, much just, about sports. Just writing it down. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm not writing it down. <laughs> you can just put that right in my grave. She knows shit about sports. <laughs> yeah, here lies a great chick. Knew fuck all about sports. Yeah. Um, What's a basketball? Yeah. <laughs> what is a basketball? Uh, just a basketball with a question mark for your tomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Please do. Please do. I need that um, to be a thing. So I didn't know that about you, that you um, didn't enjoy comedy, even though you were seemingly pretty good at it. 
I was embarrassed. I was nervous. I was embarrassed. I was, ah, it was so, I, I mean, I was half in the bag. I was, you know, I didn't plan on doing it that night. So I think if I had, you know, planned and written it and, you know, wanted to perform it, it would have been different, but no, I'm just a one and done kind of girl. I've done like I, I have my bucket list can't have anything else on it. Like I just do whatever I've gone bungee jumping. I've done hang glide. Like I've done it all in the sense where I'll do it once. I'm good once. Yeah. And then I'm just like, yeah, I already did that. I'm, I'm on to the next. I'm on to the next kind of girl. And of course you made a uh, exception for me at my 40th birthday roast at the comedy. Club. I absolutely did. That was an honor though. That's different. That was an oh. absolute honor. It was a pleasure to have you on the, on the show. And, uh, uh, you held your own against people that have been actually doing comedy for uh, several years. So, you know, that was, I was impressed by that. And uh, then you hosted another little show for me. And then I realized that you didn't want to do it. And no, I never <laughs> want to do it. But it was an honor to do it at your, at your birthday. Um, I wanted to do, I bartended for you that night as well, if memory yeah. serves. Yeah. You and did. Um, I, I mean, you're Shane Ogden. <laughs> so one day I'm going to say I opened for that guy, I hosted for that guy. Like and that's going to be a cool thing to no, have in my in my repertoire. Nobody will believe you. They'll be like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> yeah, you didn't. She, I, I said your name to Shane Ogden. He went, "Who?" There, there's no way that I will ever, like, if I ever did leave the atmosphere in terms of success, I, there's no way that I would ever walk past someone that knew me. Do you know what I mean? I know yeah. too. I know people that you know have skyrocketed to unbelievable success, and all I want is for them to just call me on the phone and go, "Hey, man, can you fucking believe I'm on TV?" And I'd be like, "I know, George. There, there is no person named George, but I'm just fantasizing about this conversation that won't happen." And it's just like, yeah, why, why wouldn't like if I'm telling you, man, if 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 I was you know, I, I can't even give you an example. Had a Netflix series or something, right? I, I would, the first thing I would do is try and have a barbecue with the Spluds in the summer. Do you know what I mean? Like, Obviously, yeah. I, I would be like, can you fucking believe this? Because I, I mean, isn't success something that you want to share with your family and friends? Well, I think it's a mental thing too, because, you know, I, I mean, the Spluds are a type of family that if you made it to TV, we'd be like, oh, shit, yes, congratulations, high five, no jealousy, no negative, it, it's all positivity coming from this end of the chain. But I think when people get famous, they get the clingers, they get the people who want money, they get the, oh, you remember we went to high school, do you have $5,000? Like, they get so many of the people who just want to be friends with them because they're on TV that they just shun everyone as a practice because they don't know, they didn't expect it from the people who have done it to them. So they just shun everyone in the sense where I'm not going to talk to Shane because then he's going to see if he can open for me and then blah, blah, blah. It's going to be this yeah. awkward thing, you know? So <clears throat> I think they go through so much, so much negativity. I knew a rapper once who made it quite big and um, he told me that. He told me that he, he really struggles coming home because it's just, can I, can I, can I, can I have this? Can I do this? Can, can you come over to my daughter's birthday party? She's a huge fan. Can you, you know, sign an autograph for my, my yeah. son and that kind of thing? It's never, hey man, how are you? It's always a favor. Wow. I, I mean, it's a good problem to have. I hope I have it one day, and I hope I can. Oh, I think you will. You deserve it. <laughs> I'm working hard, but, uh, yeah, March 14th, I'm opening for uh, the great James Mollinger at the Imperial Theater, so that's that's my big excitement for now. And uh, he's going to cut me up uh, a video, too, from it from the performance. So oh, I'm very cool. I'm excited to have something new and fresh online, and I've also been flirting with the idea of uh, – building a website 
and um, just to funnel people to one place to, you know, check out my clips and see where my shows are and that sort of thing. But um, have yeah. you ever thought of have you ever thought of taking your comedy a different direction in the sense where, and I'm just going to throw this out there because I can't think of any other ideas at this time, where you know you go to restaurants and review the food, but in a comical way, and you videotape it and you you know fuck with the waitress and you you know what I mean like your funny yeah. super awesome Shane Ogden. Have you ever thought of like finding a niche like that and just going to town? Have you ever have you ever heard of mukbang? Oh yeah, that's where people like eat. They eat and film themselves. They kind eating. Of, yeah, weird. They gorge. Yeah, it's a, right. They they they'll go to a restaurant. They'll order a bunch of food. They'll go home and eat it and film themselves and talk about the food. Very strange. However, it's very popular. And the people that have carved out this little niche of the world of people who like to watch mukbang on YouTube. I mean, these people are are making bank. And I met a guy. Um, his channel is um, I think it's that's so epic. And <clears throat> excuse me, he was a comedian. Um, and he was from Louisiana somewhere and, and no chance of making it anywhere. And so he decided just to videotape his life. That's all he did. So he'd be like, oh, I'm going to the convenience store for smokes. He would videotape it with, with funny. It was always with funny. And, he, you know, he would edit it to make the whole, you know, the whole show would be hilarious. He'd be laughing your ass off. And it was like he had these little 10-minute comedy specials once every two weeks. And when I met him, um, it was because he was receiving a YouTube award for having like 2 million subscribers um, oh. on YouTube, but he started off on nobody in Louisiana and it, it just became people were kept coming up to him in restaurants wanting to be on his show and he just grew it from there. And I, when I met him, he said, I had no idea. He's like, I just didn't know how to make it as a comedian being from fuck nowhere, Louisiana. Yeah. I didn't know how to make it. So I, I just decided to, to take this route and, and, and make it this way, you know? Well, it's and funny. so, Two weeks ago, well, two weeks ago, he was able to go around, knock on strangers' doors, and pay the rent for them, like like it was nothing. Wow! Oh, he made yeah. that video, like. Yeah, he made the video. He just knocked he, on strangers' he, doors he, and he said. Out, like trying to find out their stories, kind of to choose, oh. like. No, he just knocked on the door and said, "Hey, I'm I'm looking for a home in this area. I was just wondering what you pay for rent in this building." And they'd say, "You know, start, some people were like, why get out of my yard?" And some people would just be honest and go, "I pay 1100 bucks." And he would just reach in his pocket, give him, he's like, "Here you go. Here's for your rent." And they'd go, "Why are you doing this?" He's like, "I don't know. I felt like it. I woke up this morning, wanted to pay your rent. I don't know you. Have a nice life." And leave. And then he would make fun of the whole situation, you know, in his car later. Hysterical. That's exactly yeah. that's exactly the type of thing that I would do if I could. And I think that I think that you're funny enough that if you knocked at my door, tell me you're going to pay, I'd be in stitches in five seconds. Yeah. Well, not only that, you'd have your rent paid, so you'd be really happy. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it is joyous to see people happy, and uh, you know, I've, I'm coming around to the positive the positive energy. Um, lately, things have been going good for me, and um, I got a raise at work. I, I feel like my job is secure. Um, so things are changing for me. I'm, I'm able to afford things and, you know, I got a, a newish car, not a new car, but a newish car. And, uh, and these are things that even a year ago, I felt like, ah, oh, man, this will, that'll never happen because, and, and, you know, just kind of recycling my, my bad feelings. Uh, yeah. and it's because of, uh, you know, friends like you that I, I feel happier inside, you know? So, um, I've been watching somebody online 
quite a bit. And just, just because he's there in every news feed, and, and that's Gary Vaynerchuk. And, and okay. there's a side to, to uh, Gary V that sort of, um, you know, oh, okay, yeah, it must be nice, and, you know, that kind of attitude. But um, just his voice every day going, hey, you can do this, you know, you're, you know, you have unlimited resources when it comes to social media, Instagram and Facebook and, and Twitter. These are just ways that you can get an audience for free and then you can yeah. make whatever you want out of that. And, yeah. uh, you know, so my passion is interacting with people. I, I love to, uh, to, to have conversation and laugh with people and talk about um, things we have in common. And, you know, it's, it's, life is hard and to find people that are going through life and compare like, Hey, what do you, how do you handle this situation? What do you feel like? You know? And, and um, so that's what I'm kind of trying to do with Birchwood, but also Birchwood is like branding myself. You know, it's, it's kind of letting people in on my life. Like that guy videotaped his life. I'm just doing it in audio for now, but eventually I would like to, to videotape it and just walk through a regular person's life. Um, but you know, curate the, the more exciting parts and of course, what I want to put out there. And so, um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with Birchwood. I'm not sure if it'll always be Birchwood, but it's, it's, it'll manifest naturally. And I feel happy about it. You know, now you oh, have yeah. a passion project, right? You had some, uh, a YouTube series that you made. I did. It was, it was also in podcast format. Um, it did get picked up by a producer. So I'm kind of taking the back seat. I'm still working on, it. I still want to find her. It's about a missing girl that went missing many, many years ago from St. John. And the story about it is very, very twisted and very, very strange. And she's still to this day never been found, which I find odd because in my head I think, my God, it's St. John. Someone knows where she is, you know. Um, Want to plug it or... Oh, sure, it's called, yeah, you know, of course, it's called Finding Kim Amaro. You can go to FindingKimAmero.com and you can start at the beginning and watch or listen. If you don't want to see my ugly mug all day, you can, you can download the podcast or you can um, watch the YouTube series. Um, and I, I, I told myself when I started this project, and I really started it for no reason. There was no, I was bored. I didn't have any friends. I just moved here. I had no reason to start this thing. And um, I worked on it for a very long time before my first episode came out. And that was just like my little side project that something that I love doing research. I'm obsessed with true crime. I, I mean, I was obsessed with true crime before it was cool, by the way, long before making a murderer came out. I used to write um, serial killers letters in jail, asking them the questions about their case. True story. Ask Mark. I have a whole book of letters that I got back. Um, so I've always been in awe of people like that because I think, holy shit, I could never do that. Like I could never kill my mother or I could never kill my sister or, um, you know, things like that. I was so obsessed with it because it, it, I couldn't wrap my head around someone like that existing. So I used to write letters to people, to, to, to killers. And I was very selective. If you were just an asshole rapist that, you know, killed up and down highway I 85 for 10 years before getting caught, I had no interest. You're a garbage human and should be shot. However, for people like, well, for instance, um, <clears throat> Paul Bernardo and his wife um, killed her sister killed his wife's sister and she was part of the death and so I was obsessed with her case thinking how could you go that low to feed your sister Trank so your husband could take her virginity like what is wrong with you and I basically said that in a letter and her mom actually called me wow. because her she gives all of her mail to her mother and her mother sifts through it for negativity and you know death threats and stuff and then her mother gives it back to her 
And um, so her mother called me and said, you know, I lost two daughters that day. And she said, and I don't hate either one of them. Wow. And that was the first letter I ever got back. And I was like, how interesting. What a, what a weird way for a parent to take it. You think the parent would be like, fuck her. She's a bitch. She killed my good one, you know. So here's but a so, zen moment. Uh, and yeah. I wanted to interject for a second. Keep, oh, please. Keep, keep your thought on what you were going to say to me. But I just wanted to interject. You said earlier in this interview that you wanted past tense to be a journalist. But in fact, mm-hmm. you you're, now you're speaking as if you are a journalist. So I think you. Are. I know, right? I'm a pl- I'm a I'm a wannabe is what I am, Shane. Yeah, that's your passion. Yeah, and I when I when I read about this case, I was actually my a friend of mine's brother had been missing for a few years, a very close friend of mine's brother, and um, so I wanted to look into that for him because. And, and I'm not blowing a horn. I'm not tooting a horn. I, nothing. I, I'm just, a, I'm smarter than the average bear uh, sometimes in certain topics. So I thought maybe I could have a fresh twist on this or maybe a fresh set of eyes or something. So I started doing some homework and then I stumbled upon Kim Amaro. And I thought, what do you mean she's been missing and no one has seen her? Like, give me a break. As yeah. if that's the case. So I just started that's digging and started digging. Yeah. And I really thought I was going to find her, and I really still believe that I'm going to. Um, but I, like I said, um, there was a director that knew that Netflix needed some Canadian content. And so he typed into Google True Crime New Brunswick. And I'm sure he typed into Google True Crime Ontario and True Crime BC, you know. But he found my series and called me and said, I would like to, to make a full feature-length documentary based on your YouTube series. And I went, rock on, man, because he's got the resources to hire. Like, he's hiring private investigators, and he's hiring ex-cops, and he's got a bankroll. I don't. Right. So I hope to God he finds her. I really hope he because he's got the, the resources that I don't have. And people take him a little bit more seriously because he's a director. I'm a chick with a cell phone, yeah. you know. So I hope that it goes somewhere. But I, I, again, I'm a one and done kind of girl. So people keep sending me. I've probably had over a hundred messages of people saying, "Could you look into this? Could you look into that?" And I'm a one and done kind of person. I've done it. I did it. I did the documentary. Um, it was very um, eye opening. I really learned a lot about myself because I've always gone into everything in my life, Shane, as if, "Oh, I can do that. I can fix that. I got it. I got it." And when I started doing this documentary, I was like, "Fuck! I, I don't got it. Like, I don't." I can't fix everything and I'm I'm not as fantastic as I thought I was and it was really humbling and I was very um very green when it came to the story I was finding everything out as I was reporting it on the series so I would do a week's worth of work and then report on what I found and the yeah. more that I started to report on what I found the more twisted and sick the story got and yeah. so I was having nightmares and oh god I was in the middle of the day, I would hear someone yelling my name and no one would be there. Like it really started to play on my psyche. And I really um, started to question certain people that are supposedly looking for her. But I started to question them going, I think you killed her. Like, do you know what I mean? So it really started to play on me a lot. And now I'm at a standstill because I truly don't know. I'm, I'm at the same square I was two years ago when I started this adventure because um, I haven't found her. I'm just hardened, if that makes sense. I'm I'm a harder person because of it, but I haven't found her. Yeah, that totally makes sense because how aggravating is that? When mm-hmm. there, there, there's so many ways that mm-hmm. somebody could have known where she was or known the story or known pieces of the story and other people verify it and then 
you, you go down that road and it turns out to be a left turn when you thought it was a right. And well, and, and it goes back to my idea of not becoming a journalist because journalists aren't honest. Uh, there's so many things that I can't say publicly that I know about this case, but right. I can't say it publicly because I would open myself up for a defamation suit. Um, there's already two people trying to sue me because of things I've said on this podcast. Um, it's going nowhere, by the way. It's it's going to be a throwaway, but there's two people already trying to sue me, and I don't want to hurt people, and I don't want to make enemies in a very small city, so i got to keep a lot of it balled up, and I think this is why I didn't do this for a living, because it was either all or nothing. I was going to tell the truth or I wasn't, and and uh, there's so many things I would love to say. I would love to just do an honest Jamie episode going, this is what I think, and here's why, but it's not proof. I, I don't have any proof to my opinion, yeah. so... I, I can't say what I think, and I think that if I if I let it out there, what I actually thought, people would go, shit, that makes sense, girl, and they'd be like, yeah, that's probably what happened, but I have no proof of it, so I, I'm almost frustrated with myself because I got to this point where now I'm not honest on this episodes anymore, so I haven't done an episode in a very long time because I have nothing to say that I can prove. That's why they call it the burden of proof. That's right, and it is a burden because I can't burden. I can't. Ah, man, I can't say what I think um, until I prove it. But man, if I could prove what I think is true, it would turn everybody's heads upside down. So I just, I'm I'm staying back a little bit. I'm letting the director do his thing. I hope it does go to Netflix. Um, He's come and interviewed me a couple of times. We've gone on um, some adventures together, you know, where she's supposedly buried, um, you know, where people think she is. We've gone on some things together. and, And you know what? I don't, I don't want any credit for starting it. I just want this fucking chick found so I can stop obsessing about it. I don't blame you a bit because that does sound like uh, could be a very aggravating situation, right? Yeah, it really is. So, yeah, I, I and it's a podcast for I had a podcast before that. I did one with a radio personality here in town. Um, he unfortunately lost his position, so the, the podcast dissolved. But I really enjoyed it. Um, it was called Port City. And um, I just interviewed people from Port City. And I got to meet some really amazing people. I met um, Nick Kroll's drum instructor. I met, uh, I just met all kinds of wicked people that live right here in our city that you would never know live so here. So for our listeners that don't know, St. John, New Brunswick is famous for being a port city, a, a city where shipping and shipbuilding, and now we have cruise ships that come into our port. So it very much is a port city, and it's, I don't know the statistics or the history, but uh, it's one of the bigger ports on the eastern coast, I guess. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, some and we called it we called it Port City for that reason. Yeah, for yeah. that. And it was cool because we just interviewed local people and we said, you know what, if you've got an interesting story to tell, tell me, tell me the story, come on my show. And people did. It was amazing. the 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 feedback I got of having regular everyday Joe guests that have an interesting story to tell was incredible. Shane, I had a guy come and tell me this crazy story about his sister falling down the stairs and accidentally setting her house on fire at the same time. And how he had to rescue them all, and he had to drag, and he was only nine, and he was dragging his unconscious mother out of the house. It was crazy. It was a crazy story. And it was all because him and his sister were fighting at the top of the stairs, and um, she went tumbling She went tumbling down them. And when she went tumbling down, they had this great big 10-wick candle at the bottom of the stairs that was lit. She knocked it over, set the curtains on fire. Everyone was dying, and he was just this little peckerhead trying to drag his family out of this fire. Uh, and, and I believe everybody's got a story. Absolutely everyone's every, got a crazy every, story. Every human being has one insane story. That no one would believe. Yes. 
And yep, a hundred percent. I think I think uh, that's a very smart approach to podcasting. You know, I would love to have you interview at regular Joe's because, man, if you had been my host back then, Shane, you and I would be famous right now um, because you've got such a way with people. You make people want to talk. You make people very humble. You make them feel like it's okay to, to tell the crazy story because I'm not going to judge you. And so I feel like that quality that you have is not replaceable and, and, and you can't learn it. You're either given it or you're not. And a lot of people, 99% of humans don't have it. But you truly listen to people, and I can tell when I when I'm speaking to you face to face, you're truly listening to what I'm saying. And um, so I think that if you if you had people come on your show and tell us stories, it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. And maybe that's what what I'll eventually grow into. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I'm um, I am I do care. Like you know what I mean? It's so that's that's a a, a blessing and a curse is that I care, you know, a lot of people come to me with, you know, their stories. And, and even recently, uh, as I am an electrician, you know, someone will, you know, want a ceiling fan put up or something. And I don't have time. I do not have time. But I'll be like, uh, hey, babe, like, I know we were going to go out on Saturday, but, you know, so and so's grandmother needs a ceiling fan put up. And, and then I put it up and it takes forever because I'm following them up the stairs and they, they were born in the, you know, 13th century. So they're walking up the stairs really slow. And, and I put this. And they're telling you their up. life story. Yeah. And, and I got to listen to their life story. And then, you know, they'll go to take money out of their purse and they're counting change. I'm like, don't worry about it. Really don't. It just, you know, just uh, say a good word about me somewhere. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. I can't help it. But because of that I've met some really amazing people and and people know me and even people that you know that feel like they can talk to me like people say hi to me all the time I'm out with my kids and they're like hey Shane you still doing the comedy or love the podcast or uh, hey do you uh, are you still doing electrical like you know so like everybody that talks to me 90% of the time I don't remember who they are because I have had so many interactions with people so I, absolutely it is a curse but also a blessing you know like there's a lot of times when people have my back and stuff too so um I love I just love talking to people and I, I love that I got this chance to talk to you um was there anything that you wanted to cover that I didn't think of we, you know we can do this again I just love talking to you you're a very positive person uh great friends with your husband have been for years and um yeah i am great friends with my husband you're right I feel- <laughs> maybe you're the comedian maybe <laughs> but you uh don't want to be no no interest but i was going to tell you you know oh, yeah. the, the way you the way you talk to people mark and i were lying in bed watching netflix about a year ago and there was this show called i don't even remember um and it was episode eight and there was a guy on there and he was wearing the double denim it's just inside joke with mark and i we always laugh at people that wear jean jackets and jean pants and um, he was talking. About, yeah, so we we were talking about the the Canadian uniform, and there was a guy on there talking about how he was um, molested as a child by this guy that used to pull up in a van, and he and his buddy would hop in and go suck dick for an hour and make some money. And um, wow. he was saying he was saying it so nonchalantly. Well, his buddy is in jail for the rest of his life for murder. And the way he was talking, Mark and I rewound it about four times, laughing our ass off. I sent the guy a Facebook message and said, hey, 
I think your story's fascinating. Want to get to know you. What are your thoughts? And he was willing to talk and talk and talk. And Mark and I both said, he was on Mark's podcast. Um, his name is Aubrey Martin. Um, and he's uh, quite the character. Um, but Mark and I both said, you know, if Shane was interviewing this guy, it would be the seven hour long podcast because Shane can hold a conversation with anyone for seven hours. Whereas my husband's patience runs very thin very quickly. So <laughs> He only did like a 40-minute episode with this guy. Hilarious. I can't tell you how funny this guy was. And telling the story, like he's talking about tying his shoes. Um, And he tells the story of his childhood. And you actually laugh because the way he says it is so funny. But we both said Shane should interview this guy. So I think think that could be something for you. I think that could be your thing in the sense where I love talking to you. You're always so happy and positive. And even when you're not, you make me laugh, which is sad because I feel bad. But you'll say something like about how much your day sucked. But the way you say it just makes me feel good. It's awful to say, but it's true. You're a very funny guy in the moment all the time. I think that you are a journalist. But on the other hand, like you said, you're one and done. But maybe I hope your bucket list keeps going and I hope you find joy in all of the things that you do. And, of course, I'd love to uh, have you on the podcast again. This has been so much fun. So it's the, the YouTube series, if people are interested, is called Finding Kim Amero. And A-M-E-R-O. I'll, I'll put a link to it. Um, yeah, you can just go right to the website. It's findingkimamero.com. Yeah. So, Jamie Splude, it was a pleasure talking to you, and thank you. I love you, Shane Ogden. On the Birchwood Podcast. I love you, too. Okay, baby. Bye. Bye.